Morning, everybody. Sounds like you can hear me. Last time I was up here, we had, I think Pastor Susan had to shovel the walks for me to get in, so uh, a little easier today to be with you here in July. Beautiful weekend, as Michael's mentioned, and just a real pleasure to be, to be back up here. Our New Testament lesson today is from Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. So if you will join me now and listen for the Word of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you have learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please pray with me? Send us your Holy Spirit, O God, that these words might speak to us as your word, and our lives bear witness to the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So I grew up with the advent of the interstate highway system and was very fascinated by roads and bridges. I collected maps whenever I could get my hands on them, and here's one that I just had to have from our most recent trip back east. And uh, went on countless road trips with my dad, who was a railroad buff, who had me walking the rails, so to speak, from an early age. When we went on trips, I would always be asking to travel on the new roads, the interstate. I remember when I-44 through Missouri went in, much of it laying on top of the famous Route 66, and thereby closing off access to one of our favorite restaurants that later closed. But even now I can recall the excitement when a new stretch of road opened and Dad would take me to ride on it. How well constructed these new roads were compared to the old US highways with their separated directional lanes, bridges rather than intersections, gentle curves, and sloping plains. It was evident to me at an early age 
that highway planners had definitely set a plumb line against the proper standard for road building and largely found it true. So well designed, in fact, that I just don't recall asking the familiar question many kids ask of their parents, are we there yet? I felt the opposite, never wanting those trips to end because I enjoyed these cool new roads so much, as well as time with my dad. Some of you may not know about plumb lines. I really didn't. They are incorporated into an ancient construction process, less used today, I would suppose, since much, since much uh, construction design work is now done on computers. A plumb line as defined by Webster's is a line of cord that has a weight at one end, a plumb bob, and is used by carpenters and builders to determine verticality. In other words, whether a wall is straight. So it's interesting that Amos talks of plumb lines in our Old Testament reading today. In Amos's vision, God is holding a religious and ethical plumb line amid the kingdom of Israel to see how they stand. Sadly, God finds them less than vertical, less than upright, in need of adjustment. Amos saw Israel as doomed because of its sin and the abuse of its privileges and spoke up. Amos is one of the 12 so-called minor prophets. It actually just means their books are shorter than the earlier prophetic books such as Jeremiah. And he had a dawning task, which was to speak truth to power. God, as we see repeatedly in the Bible, God often calls the least of us, no matter who we are or where we come from, to challenge others while we challenge ourselves, and by doing so, see us grow in the faith. Amaziah was the court priest and was careful to not upset his master, the king. So when Amos accused Amaziah of subverting the true faith, he was putting himself at significant risk. Yet the message needed to be heard. The Lord's teachings and beloved house of Israel had been corrupted while living on Jeroboam's land, and things needed to be set straight. Hence the plumb line. Go Amos. It sounds like another David and Goliath situation, someone less powerful going up against the establishment with only God on their side. Let's face it, Amos was just an ordinary guy, not part of the establishment, and when questioned about his status, he admitted to just being a herdsman and dresser of sycamore trees. No trained cleric, no landowner, no politician, just a herder and dresser of sycamore trees. Yet he was called to do more, much more on behalf of God's people. He was called to set the plumb line for the people of Israel as their prophet. One career leading to another. We see this so much in the Bible. People called to do something different, something outside of their comfort zone. Think of the disciples, trained fishermen, asked by Jesus to put down their nets and follow him. In fact, what does Jesus later say to disciples when asked what they should do? According to Matthew, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Do something new, do something challenging. Put down your nets and follow the master carpenter, Jesus, and find that plumb line. Perhaps the greatest example in the New Testament is the Hebrew zealot Saul who went from prosecuting Christians to authoring much of our New Testament, including, as the Apostle Paul, including our passage today. It may have taken a blinding conversion experience to do it, 
but oh, what an impact. It's clear that taking a different path from that prescribed for you or that you choose yourself is not only okay, but encouraged by these and other examples from the Bible. So is that my message today? Are we there yet? No, no, we're not there yet, but that's okay. Israel may have asked, are we there yet, when living in Amos' time and under leadership that appeared to be meeting their needs but had lost their way. Here is God manifest through Amos, though, pulling out the plumb line, taking careful measure, and responding in clear terms, nope. And although we don't need to go through them again, Amos provides some stark warnings about what will happen to families and the land, the precious coveted land, if they remain complacent. No, they weren't there yet, but are we there yet? Our second reading from Colossians, Colossians gives us a path to follow that just might get us there, a path to spiritual growth, a route, an interstate that can take us there without interruption, a plumb line that shows the true path, prayer. For Paul beautifully lays out the route of growth in the Christian faith, praying without ceasing, and by doing so, be filled with the knowledge of God's will so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to God, bearing fruit as you grow in the knowledge of God. One analysis of this passage I read pointed out that agriculturally, bearing fruit normally occurs after growth, once the plant is big enough to support the fruit. Our poor tomato plants in the backyard struggle to hold up to the weight of the tomatoes regardless of how much growth was achieved before the first red tom appears. But Paul is talking here about our own spiritual development. Contrary to plants, we are built to bear fruit even when we don't think we have grown enough, even when we feel we are inadequate, say just a herder and dresser of sycamore trees. In fact, a quote from Paul's letter to, to the Ephesians settles it in my mind for, quote, we are, are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. The template was set, the plumb line straight, before we even knew it, because we are God's grace. So we must be there yet, right? As I said earlier, I was last here with you from this high perch some six months ago as I finished the Presbyterian's ministry formation program. I must say I feel I've had more careers than I can count, and one of them was being an accountant. But now I take the next step in my journey as I begin seminary classes with orientation starting tomorrow. Like Amos, I am no prophet, and like Paul mentions, I hope, hope that is in the gospel, to bear fruit as I seek to grow in knowledge and wisdom. For now I'm taking it one step at a time, which feels right to me, following the plumb line that prayers led me to see as the right path. Leaving what you do for something else, it's daunting, but it's what Jesus called his disciples to do, leave their occupations and their families, fortunately with online education, I don't have to do that, and follow him. We often see obstacles, things in our ways we consider changes. I'm too old. I'm too inexperienced. There aren't enough people there like me. 
We see these things as problems where God does not. What if we challenge authority? Will God support that? Yes, look at Amos. What if we gave up fishing, our food source, our source of income, our lifeblood, Peter and Andrew may have said. But God provided in the form of Jesus Christ, who provides unlimited food for our souls. God wants us to see new possibilities, not limitations. After all, assuming limitations means we wouldn't have the beautiful gateway arch in my hometown of St. Louis, the world's tallest arch that is as, is as wide as it is tall. To me, it means we wouldn't have this wonderful network of highways all over the country. Doing what God calls us to do means following God's timeline, God's direction, God's outline, if you will, for our lives, God's interstate highway, God's plumb line. It sometimes means speaking truth to power. It should mean praying without ceasing. It always means we cannot do it alone. For when we follow God, even if you think your life has meandered, perhaps you wandered off the interstate and took a wrong turn at the Stuckies. But if you seek God's purpose for your life, it is always a good plumb line. So are we there yet? You bet. Because God is there with us always, every mile of life's journey. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.